Welcome to a special edition of the Chosen Brew Beer Podcast. This is with former guest of the show, actually multiple times, uh, Clint Weaver, the graphic designer behind so much of what we see in our bottle shops and also uh, start of Froth Magazine as well. You'll know his work very intimately. If you go to Pocket Beagles, you'll be able to look through uh, all of the wonderful work that Clint has done. But he did recently partake in Dry July. He put a post online which really piqued my interest. So I got in touch with him and he was very generous and kind and very frank and honest about his experiences with Dry July. I certainly got a lot out of this chat with Clint. I'm sure you will too. It's not too long either. So it's a nice little uh, short listen and put plenty in there to think about as well. Let's get into it. Hi, Clint. <laughs> we, we are sadly uh, catching up over Zoom. But Clint, the reason I'm talking to you is uh, you recently did Dry July, which as many of our listeners probably have never heard of it, uh, frankly, <laughs> but some might have uh, heard of the concept that you abstain from alcohol for the month of July, raising money um, as you did for cancer-related causes. Um, you put a post online and it started with, it was an interesting experience. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> can can you that's... tell me a little bit about, for, there will be people listening who have, you know, taken time off alcohol, either subconsciously, either consciously. Um, but people who listen to this podcast are probably, you know, uh, obviously fans of alcoholic beverages and, you know, it, it it's kind of becomes a, a part of your life. It kind of runs side side by side. And sometimes we don't give it maybe as, as much thought as we should. But certainly abstaining. Tell us about your experience. Yeah, I um I can't remember exactly what I wrote on the post. Um, but I wrote it because I felt it needed <laughs> like some sort of um closure on the month. And yeah, interesting. Uh definitely covers it <laughs> it wasn't what I expected it to be. Um, it was my first time doing it, and um, uh, I did it alongside my partner Joanna, uh, who's who's done it a couple of times before um, the past few years. And uh, yeah, I guess you know for for those past couple of years, it hadn't crossed my mind that I was interested or even that I could do it. I guess, um, but after the insanity of last year and this year, I thought, why not? You know, get a little bit more crazy and, and give it a crack. Um, and yeah, like you said, uh, I'm fully, uh, entrenched in the beer community with like every aspect of, of my life, um, work and social and, you know, every one of my friends is involved with beer. Um, and, and same with, uh, with Joanna as well. So <clears throat> yeah, it was a, an interesting challenge for a number of reasons, not just the sobriety side of things as well, I guess in terms of, uh, the the roller coaster um <laughs> you know there's, there's probably not been i think the most i've taken off alcohol in the past you know 10 years would have been about two weeks um and i think there was that was an attempt to maybe do a month at that point um not part of dry july but just you know just randomly wanting to be a bit healthier and yeah got to day 12 and uh, really felt like a margarita. So, um, 
<laughs> oh, a pizza. Oh, <laughs> just, to treat, just to treat yourself with it. Yeah, I, I sort of figured that that would be the um, the point at which the month would get hard. Um, but, well, that, that coincided this time around with um, with going back into lockdown as well, which was probably the point that it was um, at its, uh, you know, most annoying. But, yeah, I think throughout the month, just knowing that I, you know, set myself the rule of not being able to drink, it was like, oh, well, I've got, there's no, there's no way I'm going to break it because I've, you know, signed up to the thing and I've told everybody, you know, committed to it. There's like, um, there's no chance that I'm going to break my promise. And so that made it um, easier, uh, I guess. So there wasn't a struggle with like, um, you know, thinking, will I, won't I, whatever, I wasn't going to, which I guess turned the month from a struggle into that realm of just, interesting and observing uh myself <laughs> and the way i behaved um i think i touched on the post about like creativity obviously you know that's that's my job and uh i guess the link to alcohol and being able to you know as cliche as it sounds like free your mind and and loosen up a little bit with this um with the creative uh, process um i was afraid that that would be affected um somehow which you know, if I thought about it logically, that's a pretty bad position to be in. Yeah, well, I'll I'll actually read what you wrote, sure. which was uh, I have viewed it as part of my creative alcohol. That is, uh, I viewed it as part of my creative process as an artist, both in encouraging creativity and motivation, but also a stress relief when the inevitable imposter syndrome sets in or just mental burnout. Then you go on to say these moments made themselves pretty apparent over the last thirty-one days. At the start, you said um, that it wasn't what you expected. What did you expect it to be like? Um, probably I didn't expect it to be as frustrating as it was. Uh, and again, you know, just compared to um, it being hard, it was just annoying. Um, and and where I said about, you know, the situation is becoming apparent every time dur during that month, I would be like, oh, this is exactly where I would hop up and go and get a beer. And, uh, you know, for example, like big day at work in the in the studio in the city there. And, um, you know, I wanted to unwind and, and walk home. And I was like, oh, I'll just stop by the bottle shop and grab a can to have on the walk home and, you know, call someone and have a chat. But I was like, I can't. And that's just annoying that I can't get that beer that I because I want to <laughs> and yeah I suppose that's a um a thing which affects everybody not being able to do what you want to do <laughs> and then <just laughs> yeah being able to grab a beer and I guess like you know since um becoming you know turning into an adult and becoming independent that idea of oh I can do whatever I want to do uh when that's taken away from you even in such a small thing it's um funny how obvious it is yeah, I, I really empathise with that type of, um, it, I don't know if it's a, kind of an inner anti-authoritarian spirit. It just kind of, it doesn't make a huge amount of sense, but there's there's that feeling like, oh, well, I, I can do this, uh, so I am. And there's that kind of, ah, oh, you know, we'll worry about, you know, it's like, we'll worry about things tomorrow or we'll put things off or, you know, I just want to live for the day and live for the moment. And this 
kind of beer on the way home would symbolize you know your freedom and your enjoyment and reward and it's interesting how we imbue alcohol with like a lot of those uh emotions sometimes which is as you say is i suppose you have the chance to reflect on um those things when you are not drinking uh at all obviously with those uh moments where you go to alcohol whether it be for a reward or whether it be to like punctuate the day or punctuate a task that you've completed or or just for just you know uh watching tv or whatever it is what did you do instead like did you you know find something else um or did you just you know scratch the arm of your sofa or <laughs> <laughs> what, what 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 happened um you know did you find that you some, sometimes people say that when they give up alcohol, they find that they have more time. The, the day is perhaps, a, you know, longer. They have more uh, energy. They wake up fresher. What were the positives and negatives around that? And how did you kind of manage um, when when alcohol or beer is part of your day-to-day normally? Mm-hmm. What, how did you kind of fill a hole? Yeah, um, I think with the <laughs> there, was a, there was a lot of moments where, you know, Joanna and I would be, we'd look at each other and think, oh, like, what do we do now? Like, both of us, I guess, you know, at the same time realising that's the point where we would have a beer, that just having a beer, you know, together was a social event. Like, there was just an occasion. And so, yeah, once again, that was sort of um, removed or, or turned turn on its head somewhat. Um, I had a plan at the start of the month to, like, I didn't want to completely replace it with, you know, no alcohol beers and, and just carry on with drinking something else for those entire you know 30 days as well um but i did have an idea about buying all these um weird drinks and and uh, and snacks uh and sort of whenever i had felt the craving um for a beer i thought maybe i'll just have this you know weird grape yogurt fanta uh and that might you know <laughs> satiate that feeling or distract me enough that i'm not thinking about it more um and so i visited a couple of like the asian grocers in in um, town and picked up a few weird things um, but then the lockdown happened and I couldn't really uh, carry on with the plan as intended but yeah I think after the first week or so there wasn't a direct replacement and those um, those times of feeling awkward or weird started to disappear somewhat um, and life you know just like it just became normal <laughs> um, probably actually probably further than the first week probably probably about halfway or just after it started to feel sort of normal um and it was probably at that point as well where I was like I could actually do this forever like if I needed to I could do it which was a great feeling of um of relief um to me that I you know didn't have that sort of reliance that I had created for myself in my head um for you know various uh reasons or excuses i was like no i can you know i can do this and i feel good about that and that was sort of freeing um in terms of like the positives and, and negatives um in terms of the health side of things i did feel slightly better i guess after um 30 days <laughs> but i think after a lot of practice i've really negotiated how to live with hangovers like and work with them and, and through them and whatever else so it doesn't really like impact my life <laughs> as much as it probably should um being hungover or you know being drunk or whatever i just they um yeah they're a part of the entire process um i, I thought i would feel a lot better um 
taking the 30 days off, but the health benefits weren't, you know, as massive or as um, shocking as I sort of maybe thought they could have been, which was probably a bad thing. If, if I'd been feeling exceptionally better, it might have motivated me, you know, I guess to cut down drinking, but I've well and truly gone back to like what I was, you know, before the 30 days. Um, but lockdowns probably, you know, a reason for that. <laughs> yeah, it's a huge, um, I think lockdown is a huge trigger for, and particularly these, uh, as at the time of recording, we're, we're in our, what, lockdown six or seven or whatever. I mean, the relentlessness of it. And also the sense that, uh, you know, as we record this, we don't know the end game. We don't know, we don't have a timetable out of this. Uh, and there's still so many loose ends and uncertainty that, you know, and one of the big factors is probably boredom. I mean, that's, it drives a lot of the, you know, the reason to, um, you know, do things uh, or ingest uh, drugs of dependence that you think, well, it, just, it will just, you know, it'll get me to tomorrow or, um, and I suppose the other impact is, you know, people working from home, not having to get up as early in the morning, etc. Um, and also maybe not having to be accountable to their colleagues and uh, that type of thing, get in a physical space, um, which, you know, all adds up and it, it can push us into that danger zone of, um, I don't know if you had time to reflect on this as well, but the, just that nature, like alcohol can be quite insidious that it kind of, it just creeps up in our life. It just creeps up on us maybe. Do you, do you think that, that dry month will serve you, you know, over the next year or so just to have that um, check in with yourself or to kind of think, uh, you know, do you ever have that moment where you kind of have a chat to yourself or you think, oh, come on, Clint, I've, I've got a bit too far here, <laughs> or, you know, <laughs> I need to, uh, you know, ease off or take the foot off the gas. Um, I think it's, you know, it will, um, I'm not going to, I'll do it again next year. Right. Uh, and so I think, the knowledge that there's, there's that one coming up and the knowledge that I've, you know, done it previously, um, I think will make me, you know, appreciate a lot more the freedoms that I do have uh, currently and, and, you know, appreciate the beer and, and all that sort of stuff. Um, speaking about, you know, <clears throat> uh, it becoming a part of the lockdown life, we were um, chatting with some friends last night um, via Zoom and um, spoke about, like, uh, the repetitiveness of the day um, and doing the same thing, you know, in and out. And I sort of said, we're, we're doing it intentionally to create this sense of security and, and comfort for ourselves. And, you know, because the world is just so, you know, nuts and, and whatever going on at the moment and out of our control, um, the things that we can control really uh, keep you from going over the top <laughs> mentally. And so, you know, my, my partner, Joanna, has been out of a job for the past three or four weeks um, working in hospitality. And so... You know, there's uh, <laughs> the, it gets to five o'clock and it's like, yeah, we definitely need to have a beer. Um, and, you know, that sort of slide into what you say, like um, not thinking or not uh, registering what's going on with the world outside and, yeah, you know, getting you through to tomorrow. <laughs> um, it's sort of all you can do at the moment. And so, like, I don't, I don't care that I'm drinking every day and I'm sure a lot of, other people are like that as well and and perhaps you can think to yourself once the lockdown ends then we can you know think about <laughs> bettering yourself and maybe taking a day or two off here or there 
Um, but yeah, I think overall the um, the satisfaction of knowing that I, you know, was able to take all that time off. Um, and I'm just remembering now my, my post and, and talking about, um, you know, the creativity and, and the impact that it has on my brain. So I work in the studio, like a co-working space in the city. And um, I often try to, you know, get in the zone and sort of remove the fact that there's other people around me and just get into this flow on my, on my laptop of, of creating and everything's feeling good. And, um, you know, beer was a part of that. And it sort of, I'll crack a can. I'd be like, easy, I can do another hour, you know, with this beer and, and work through to seven, eight o'clock at night, whatever. Um, after a couple of weeks, I found myself like <laughs> getting that exact same um, feeling of elation and, um, you know, uh, having my headphones on and sort of tapping my feet away and, and almost at that point where I started like, you know, singing <laughs> in the, in the co-working studio. And I'm like, Oh yeah, I, I really achieved that same um, feeling of sort of that trance like state, um, which I try and get to. And I did it without um, alcohol, <laughs> which is good. So it's sort of like, um, I just thought, okay, so it's, it's in me, that feeling and that ability to do that. It's in, the brain and I think I said something about like my brain is um <laughs> as weird as I hoped it would be or something you know to that effect and that was yeah you actually said uh after the first week I hit my stride with work and had some truly euphoric realizations my brain is as wonderful sober as it is buzzed yeah <laughs> and I think I think that that is a lovely line um because I think this speaks to a lot of um you know, pe people who drink alcohol, uh, there is that element of it is a drug where we, you know, there is an escapism to it. Um, and also there's it, it, there's a lot of anxiety in our society, always has been. And people, you know, you often hear people say, well, I'll have a couple of pints and I'll be more fun at the party or, I'll, you know, I've got this, um, you know, th thing to do or I've got this speech to make, so I'll have a couple of pints uh, just to take the edge off or it'll make me a more likable person. And there is a sense if you give up alcohol for a lot of people that you'll have to, you know, you have to deal with the raw material of the person that you are and you have to like look in the mirror and sense that, um, you know, you can't just reach for that escapism or that um, that drug that's going to magically make you feel a bit more confident or less anxious and so that line where you said you know your brain is as wonderful sober is is a really uh you know y you are you are you not because yeah. of what you imbibe but um yeah so the creativity was a part of that also you know there was a few points where i made i made zingers as good as i would you know sober as i would after a couple of cans i'm like oh yes like i am i am funny right <laughs> and and <laughs> you know the i guess the liquid courage of, of having a couple of pints like i found that um yeah that courage in myself anyway and so yeah it, i guess you start questioning whether alcohol is as necessary as you sort of make it out to be um in terms of all those things um but at the end of the month, we you know tried to debrief um, and weigh up the, the pros and cons of the situation, and I think for whatever you know benefits there were of self actualization and, and health and all that sort of stuff, 
the fact that it was just so goddamn annoying that you couldn't have a beer outweighed all of that. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. So uh, that's why we're back to drinking. There's a sense as well with both yourself and Joanna who are, you know, you both enjoy uh, beer, the creativity, the, um, the taste of beer, what's going out on the, on the scene, what the new releases and all the rest of it. Um, and you both work in the industry and passionate about it as well. And and that point that you made about, you know, being able to be as creative and, and as funny and as um, as wonderful without alcohol. I mean, I, I've I've been lucky in a respect that I've always felt like if I've got a job to do or uh, even recording this podcast, I'll I'll never drink beforehand on the, uh and very rarely drink during um, because I think it's like you want to be as sharp. I think drinking does make you a little bit more blunt um, for myself. Um, I don't know if you experienced anything, you know, did you feel any any sharp, more sharp or less sharp? Or there's, I think with, with drinking while you're working, there's always that sweet spot where you loosen up a little bit, but then the productivity falls down, you know, rapidly after that. And so I, um, yeah, <laughs> I, I can say the same for when I play darts. I, I reckon two beers in, I could be world champion. Yeah. <laughs> three, three beers in, I could take my eye out. <laughs> so, yeah, or the case of just try to pace yourself um, with that. But yeah, I did feel um, quite sharp throughout the month as well. Uh, once I got yeah into the into the stride of things, I'm talking about work. Um, specifically. And the other thing, the other sort of large takeout of the month is talking to people uh, about it. I was very surprised the amount of people who said that they couldn't do it and people who like, I didn't expect to say that. Um, Even a lot of people outside the beer industry. So some of the guys from the, from the co-working space, um, you know, were just like marveled that I was doing it. You know, the beer guy as a, always uh you know seem to drag that um moniker around um <laughs> and these guys who aren't in beer but they're just like yeah no i couldn't i couldn't do that at all and you know also finding out about like the drinking habits of a lot of other people as well um and realized that i'm probably not as bad relative to everyone else as i thought i was as in a lot of people drink a lot more than i thought they would <laughs> And I think this is a, a probably a bit of a dangerous uh, thing within craft beer is that the alcohol is a higher percentage often than uh, an ordinary standard uh, mainstream beer. And there's a new beer coming out every day. So there is that arms race of like trying new. And also if you, you know, if you don't keep up, it feels like in beer at the moment, if you if you didn't check your social media or didn't keep up for six months and came back, it would be a different industry completely. You know, it'd be you'd be so far left behind. It feels like that. Um, and also when you compare yourself to others, I suppose, you know, I recorded a while ago the uh, addiction special with uh, with John Boyle, um, who was very if you haven't listened to it it's a, it's a really good listen because it's a very non-judgmental just an information giving and john has a very uh beautiful scottish voice so it's well worth it just for you know 
getting to sleep reasons or whatever, <laughs> just soothing reasons to listen. But one of the things they said, you know, there is no safe level of drinking, whether you drink, if you drink any alcohol, uh, there actually isn't a safe level that, that it can be unsafe for you just drinking one beer a day as it could be drinking 10 beers a day. Uh, and obviously your risk increases the more that you uh, intake. Um, I suppose that's another thing, is it, that we kind of face, but you, you hinted on it there, Clint, is that that level of dependency just within our general society is is quite stark, you know, and maybe um, I think as, as much as we can have this conversation that we're having now, I really, really appreciate it because when you put your poster online uh, just about uh, kind of bookmarking the end of your experience, I, I was really in admiration, not just um, of the fact that you'd gone without alcohol for a month, which I think we're all capable of. Um, but I also thought that um, just your honesty and openness to have this conversation. And when I contacted you to record this, uh, you know, little chat as well, just how honest and open you've been, I think that's what we need. And, and the more we do that, the more we have the conversation. And we'll all have people in our lives who perhaps, you know, are drinking a bit too much or it can be under the veil of like, oh, I'm just trying all these new beers. But if you're drinking, you know, posting them online, eight, 10, 12 beers in, in one sitting, it it's probably too much. <laughs> I don't want to spoil a party, but, you know, if you're putting away, uh, you know, on the regular, if you're putting away <laughs> 12 beers a night, um, maybe we need to be friends with each other and, you know, just send a message and have this conversation and it's a very difficult one to have but I think the more that we talk about it the better we all want to have as good a time as we can when we drink beer and not be uh, dependent on it so thank you so much Clint because that's um, I think so many people will find it really valuable just this this chat as well and and your approach to it so really appreciate it I am well, I appreciate your appreciation. Uh, I, I got a few, you know, messages from people, um, friends, uh, because of that um, post as well, and, and sort of, you know, they were just, I guess, you know, um, showing that gratitude for being open as well, and it's something that I've I've come to um, realize the importance of. Uh, being open and honest, you know, probably above what's expected um, for for a long time now, many years, and I know when other people. <clears throat> Um, do that and I can sort of uh, see into other people's lives and and what I get from that, whatever the relevance of the topic is, um, I can appreciate how important that is to me. And so in any instance where I can, you know, like I didn't have to put the post out and whatever, maybe it's um, some people would, would consider it like <laughs> I'm just trying to show off or oversharing or whatever, but it doesn't matter about that if, if you know, if it does impact one or two people who get something from it, then that's important. So I'm more than happy to just carry on ranting on my uh, on my social medias for sure. Well, no, I, I think I do. If people did think you were uh, any of those things, they they obviously don't know you. So um, <laughs> it was a very thoughtful and well um, uh, succinct and um, very honest post. So thank you very much, uh, Clinton. Thanks for spending time to discuss it as well. I, I make it a 
you know, as you do, you you make a, a thing which makes people want to consume more alcohol. <laughs> so that the feel there is a responsibility to discuss these things and uh, be honest with ourselves and, and each other as well. So, no, really appreciate it, Clint. Thanks so much. No worries, man. Always happy to chat. So that was it. Clint Weaver talking through his experience of Dry July. Really fascinating. And as I said to Clint, really sincerely appreciate anybody talking so frankly openly honestly about their relationship with alcohol and their work within the industry as well i do a podcast about beer about the industry and it probably does contribute to promoting drinking beer and drinking alcohol so i think it is really important that we have um, a balance a chat about these things a check-in every now and again um, just around giving ourselves more information uh, about the substance that we're so passionate about, the substance of beer um, that we enjoy and want to continue to enjoy. And we want to take more from beer than beer takes from us. So I think if we kind of uh, stay on that level, keep having the conversations, keep getting as much information as you can, keep enjoying your beer. And on a personal note, I'd like to dedicate this episode to my cousin who recently died. Alcohol took more from her than she took from alcohol. And it took a lot from her family and her friends and her colleagues. She was a wonderful and beautiful and kind person. And she didn't have the opportunity to have this conversation when she needed it. And so her issue with an addictive substance, her issue with alcohol escalated to the point of no return and ultimately took her from us much earlier than if she hadn't had that addiction so have that conversation. If there's anybody you're concerned about or if there's any issue that you have yourself or feel that you need to check, please do start now. Have that conversation. Um, there's plenty of support in the show notes which you can access in Australia. And look, if you enjoy alcohol, keep enjoying it. Keep on the good side of it. And as always, thank you so much for listening you've made it this far you're a champion i'll chat to you soon and bring you another great beer journey take care of yourselves keep talking